0: Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner. And my friend, I have been waiting for you. Have you been waiting for me? Today, we're going to begin a brand new series, which is called Keeping Your Thinking Straight. The subtitle says, Biblical Guidelines for Thinking Straight. In a world all messed up. You know, we're living in a world that's all messed up. People seem to have lost their minds. I say they've become so open minded, it feels like their brains have fallen out. Well, God wants us as His children to know how to think right. And this series is called Keeping Your Thinking Straight. And wow, it is going to be so powerful. Please don't miss one of these programs this week. It's really going to address issues. And it's going to help you. And today, we're going to learn how to identify wrong thinking and how to change it. And this series comes with a study guide. My friend, this study guide is so wonderful. I really put a lot of work into these study guides. That's why I always talk about them. I want you to see it while you hear it or while you listen to it. And we're also offering you right now my book, which is endorsed by 31 Christian leaders. And the foreword is by my friend, John Bevere, called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. The subtitle says, Developing Discernment for These Last Days. Friends, we're living in the last days. It seems the world around us has gone berserk. We need to know how to develop discernment for these last days. The back of the book says... What should we do to make sure we don't get sucked into the chaotic swirl of moral and spiritual confusion that is sweeping the world today? This is a vital question answered in this riveting and timely book. Thousands and thousands of people have read this. If you have not read it yet, please order yours today. And this is a book you may want to share with your kids or with your grandkids or with a friend, because people today are asking what in the world is going on? How are we supposed to respond to the nonsense that seems to be abounding all around us? Well, we need to know how to keep our head on straight in a world gone. Crazy. If you want to order this book, just give us a call and say, Hey, I want that crazy book, or go online and you can order it now. And please remember that when you become a partner with our ministry, you do a very powerful thing. Partners change people's lives. And Jesus made an amazing promise to partners in Matthew chapter 28. He said, Go into all the world and teach all nations. That's what we're doing. And then He promised, and lo, I'll be with you always even to the end of the age. That word low in Greek means, and wow, 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 will I ever be with you even to the end of the age. And it is Jesus' direct promise to those who go and to those who help others to go. Everybody can't go. But with your money, you can enable others to go or you can enable the teaching of the Bible to go to the ends of the earth. And if you go or help others to go, Jesus literally promises, wow, I promise you, will I ever show up in your life? It is a promise of divine power to those who go and to those who help others to go. That is amazing. But the moment you become a partner, and a partner is anyone who regularly, financially supports our ministry, we're going to send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone. This is dedicated to partners. So we send it to anybody who becomes a part of the partner family and Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. And when you receive these books, it's our way of saying, welcome to the family. But today we're going to be talking about how to recognize wrong thinking and what you have to do to eliminate
1: it. It's going to be powerful. I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Well, reach
0: for your Bible, and today we're going to go to James chapter 1, and we're going to see how to get rid of wrong thinking. Hold on, because today you're going to receive instruction from the Word of God that is really going to help you. But reach for your Bible. And today we're going to begin in James chapter 1, verse 1. Then we're going to jump to verse 13 and move on. But in James chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes, which are scattered abroad, Greeting. Those words scattered abroad are a translation of the Greek word diaspora, a very specific word to describe the random scattering of seed. When a farmer would go into his field, he could methodically plant one seed after another seed after another seed that was very slow and timely, or he could take a whole satchel of seed and just put his hand into the sack, grab a whole handful of seed and just begin to throw it randomly all over the field That is the word diaspora, the random scattering of seed. And that word is used here in this verse where it's translated scattered abroad because the believers that James is writing to are suffering persecution. They've been uprooted from their lands, kicked out of their houses, and like seed, they've been scattered all over the eastern lands of the Roman Empire, and they are suffering. And they're beginning to wonder, has God somehow allowed all of this to happen to us? Could this possibly be some way in which God is allowing disaster and tragedy to pass into our life? Is all of this suffering somehow the will of God for us? And they began to write letters to James because James was the half brother of Jesus and he was the leader of the church in Jerusalem, the most visible Jewish believer there was. So his mailbox is packed with letters coming from these suffering Jewish believers from all the eastern lands of the Roman Empire. And they're asking James, has God for some reason in some way allowed all of this tragedy to come into our lives? And we know that they're saying that because he answers them, In verse 13, James 1.13 says, Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Those words, let no man say, is a double negative in Greek. It means let no man say, stop it, stop it now. I hear what you're saying. How dare you even allege it? This was wrong thinking. He said, stop it, stop it now. I don't want to hear it again. How dare you say it? Let no man say, when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. That word tempted, the Greek word perazzo means to be destroyed, to stumble, to fail. It is a calculated test designed to take somebody down. It describes what these Jewish believers are experiencing. They're being crushed. They're being destroyed. And they're saying, has God allowed this? And so James answers them, let no man say, don't say it again. I don't want to ever hear it again. Let no man say when his life is being crushed and destroyed, I am tempted of God, or the Greek literally means I'm being crushed and destroyed of God. And that word of is the Greek word apo. The word apo means to do something from a distance or to do something remotely. Or we find out they were very religiously saying, well, we know that God himself is good and God would never directly give us cancer. God would never directly disrupt our lives. God would never directly do all these tragic things to us, but he is God. And if he wanted to, he could have stopped all of it, and he obviously didn't. So apo, the Greek word apo, from a distance, remotely, for some reason which we do not understand, is it possible that God, apo, from a distance, working behind the scenes, has allowed all these tragedies to pass into our life. This was such wrong thinking that James said, that's it. Nip it. I don't want to hear it again. Let no man say when his life has been crushed and destroyed, I'm being crushed and destroyed by the permissive remote activity of God. Then he adds, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. And you understand the Greek says with evil. God doesn't have any evil. He has no experience in evil. One time evil tried to get into heaven in the person of Lucifer and God removed it. God does not tolerate evil. He doesn't have any evil. He doesn't have anything destructive and therefore he doesn't have any to give you. It does not come from God. So if anybody ever asks you, is there something that God cannot do? The answer is emphatically yes. He cannot be tempted with evil and he can't tempt anybody else with evil. That is beyond the realm of possibility for God. Then when you come to James 1:17, James clears up the matter and says, now let me tell you what you need to think. Here is what really comes from God. If you want to know what comes from God, here it is. James 1, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good gift, every perfect gift cometh down, cometh down, compound word, the word kata, which carries the idea of domination or subjugation. The word bino means to walk. When you compound the two words together, catabino, here translated, cometh down, describes something coming down so hard that it subjugates you, it dominates you, almost like a person caught in a thunderstorm. The storm is coming down so hard, the rain is just pounding and pounding, you're nearly paralyzed because it's coming down so hard. That is the word that James uses here, which means God is so intent on blessing us that he's pouring good and perfect gifts all around us. Now you may say, well, if God's pouring them all around me, why am I not hit by a few of them? Because you have to take it by faith. And if you've got your mind in the gutter looking down, thinking that God is the source of your problem, then you're looking in the wrong direction. You need to look up and take by faith what God is sending your direction. Think right. Every good and perfect gift is from above. And if you even have a hint of thinking that your tragedy and your problem has permissively been sent by God, your thinking is wrong and it needs to be eliminated. It needs to be changed. In fact, when you come to James 1.18, look what he says next. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. What word of truth? The word of truth that he just gave us. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good and perfect gift is from above. We've been begat with this good news of the gospel. It's good news. And the verse says, of his own will. The word will here is the Greek word bulomai, which is the word which means to advise or to counsel. For example, if you went to see a counselor who gives you advice or who counsels you, that would be the word bulomai. Well, there was no one to counsel God, so God just counseled himself and of his own will he came up with his own conclusion. He counseled himself and said, this is what I'm going to do with my people of my own will, of my own volition. This is the way I choose to do it for my children of his own will. Begat he us with this word of truth. We were born again by good news, not bad news, good news every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And it goes on to say that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. That word kind in Greek is the word tina. It means a certain kind, a specific kind, a notable kind of first fruits. The word first fruits describes a new crop, and the word creatures really describes a brand new species. Ah, this is amazing. It means God's plan is that the church, his people, are filled with good and perfect gifts. They're separated from darkness, separated from sickness, that they live in the downpour of His goodness, a kind of people that have never lived before, translated out of darkness into the kingdom of light, where they are subjugated and dominated by His goodness, a brand new species, the first fruits of a new kind of creature. That's God's desire for you. That is God's desire for the church, that we be a people who do not know darkness or anything connected to darkness, but a people who live in the light and the fruit of the light. Wow. But then when you come to James 1.19, he says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, mm, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. But notice he calls them Brethren, taken from the Greek word adelphos. Delphos is the word for a woman's womb. If you put an A on the front, it's one born out of a womb. So a brother is one that was born out of the same womb that you were born out of. A sister is one that is born out of the same womb that you were born out of. In this particular case, we're talking about the womb of God. We were born of God. We have the same father. We're born from the same place. So it's a very endearing term to describe those that spiritually you are related to. But this word adelphos was also a military term popularized by Alexander the Great who was viewed to be the greatest soldier in history. And every Greek soldier wanted to be affiliated with Alexander the Great. So from time to time, he would build a huge awards stage and would have a big ceremony, call together thousands of Greek soldiers, and he would stand on the stage. And one by one, he would call the names of especially brave soldiers and beckon them to come onto the stage He would wrap his arm around them, and with his other arm speaking to the adoring soldiers, he would say, let all of the empire know that Alexander is proud to be the brother of this soldier. And it became a word that conveyed the idea of comrades or camaraderie. It was a military term. And by using this word, brother, James comes down into the trenches with the believers that are really struggling. And they are blaming God for their problems. Now he comes right into the trenches and says, brothers, hear me. I'm proud of you that you're fighting. I'm glad that you're slugging it out, taking it one step at a time, never giving up. But you need to correct your thinking because what you're alleging about God is incorrect. And therefore, he tells them to put a lid on it. And to listen to the truth. Look what he says. He says, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. That word swift means move your feet as fast as you can. The Greek word takus, it pictures one whose feet are flying as he runs towards something. The word hear is the Greek word akouo. It's where we get the word for acoustics. It means to hear and to comprehend. Well, what are they to hear? They are to hear verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good and perfect gift is from above. When they are tempted to think that God has allowed the tragedy to come into their life, they're to shut their ears hearing all of that, run to the word of God and hear the right thing. Move their feet as fast as they can to verse 17 to renew their mind to the truth. Every good and perfect gift is from above. He says, hear it and hear it and hear it. Run to it until finally you comprehend it. And then he says, let every man be slow to speak. You know what keeps you from hearing your mouth? When you're running your mouth, you can't hear. And the word slow, the Greek word bradus, it means to be tardy, to be slow to be delayed late in time. And it is the word for one that is handicapped. He says, when it comes to talking too fast, it would pay to be a little handicapped in your speech. And the word speech is the Greek word, which means one that just runs his mouth rather than say, Oh, I guess God has allowed all of this. He says, Hey, 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 put a lid on your mouth You need to be a little handicapped in your speech to slow it down and run to the truth and hear every good and perfect gift is from above. And then he continues in verse 19 and says, you need to be slow to wrath. The word slow again is the Greek word bradus, which means to be tardy, to be slow, delayed, late in time, or even handicapped. You need to be handicapped when it comes to wrath and the word wrath describes, listen, a silent resentment that suddenly gives way to an outburst of emotion, a deeply felt anger suddenly released that explodes in rage. And here it is translated as wrath. These believers were carrying within them a resentment to God because they thought God had somehow in some mysterious way permitted remotely all of these tragic events to pass into their life. They're talking wrong. They're thinking wrong. He says, hey, 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 my brothers, you need to run to the truth. Of James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above. And when it comes to your mouth, just close your mouth. Be handicapped when it comes to speaking all your doubt and unbelief. Be slow when it comes to getting angry at God. God is not behind your problems. And then he says in verse 20, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Then when you come to verse 21, James says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Lay apart is the Greek word apotithemi. The word apo means away. And in this case, it carries the idea of distance. The word tithemi means to lay something down or to place something down. But when you compound apo and tithemi together, they form the Greek word apotithemi, which here is translated lay apart. And it pictures a person who takes off his soiled clothes that he is finished with and he lays them down. He's done with them. Well, let me ask you, when you come to the end of your day and it's time for you to take off the clothes that you no longer need, how do you remove them? Do you stand in front of the mirror and say, okay, clothes, I've worn you all day. I'm done with you. You're no longer appropriate. Come off of me. Of course not. In order for you to remove your clothes, you have to make a decision to remove them. You've got to push the button through the buttonhole. You have to unzip the zipper. You've got to take your arm out of the sleeve, take your legs out of the pants. You intentionally remove those clothes. And by using this word, lay apart, James is telling us that if your thinking has been wrong, just recognizing that it is wrong, is not going to change anything. You have to be very intentional about removing wrong thinking. James tells us when we hear the Word of God and we have the realization that an area of our life or our thinking doesn't line up with the Word of God, then we have to make a decision to eliminate that kind of thinking from our life. And simply recognizing that it is wrong does not bring change. We have to make a decision and we have to take action. And in fact, wrong thinking is so bad that in James chapter one, verse 21, he calls it filthiness. Lay apart all filthiness. The word filthiness is the Greek word riparia. Listen to what it means. Something that is filthy, vile, soiled, dirty, obnoxiously filthy, especially used to denote filthy and smelly clothes. Have you ever sat next to a person that just stank because their clothes were so filthy and grimy? Here, James is telling us that when we have wrong thinking, it soils our lives. It creates a grimy situation and even a stinky situation. And he goes on and says it produces superfluity of naughtiness. That word superfluity is the Greek word paraseia, the very word used to describe a river that is flooding. It's come out of its banks. Now it's sliming everything around it. And here James is telling us that if you don't get a grip on your thinking and your wrong thinking, not only will it negatively affect you, but eventually it will begin to seep out and affect those that are around you. And he calls it superfluity of naughtiness. The word naughtiness, the Greek word kakia. That is the very word used in the four Gospels to describe people that are, listen, grievously vexed by demon spirits. That word vexed in the Gospels is this word, kekia. It describes something that is bad, evil, something that is vile, something that is foul. Look at this picture. Somebody producing a stinking situation with their wrong thinking. It's getting worse and worse. They become like a river that is coming out of its bank, sliming everything around it. Everyone around them is being affected. And the situation has become vile. It's become foul. It is a stinking, stinking situation. That is not God's plan for you. But that is what wrong thinking produces. And we have to know how to identify it and eliminate it. And one area where we need to get our thinking straight is that God does not even remotely mysteriously, in some way that we do not understand, permit bad things to come into our life. He simply does not have that ability. He cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts He any man with evil. You so say, then what does He give? Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variables, neither shadow of turning. It means on this issue of what God gives and what God never gives, God never moves. Wow. This is why we need to get our thinking right. If you think right, you'll know what to receive. If you think right, you'll know what you need to resist. I'll be back in just a moment
1: and I'm going to pray for you. Is your thinking right or wrong? If you figured out that some of your thinking is wrong, how do you fix it and start thinking healthy and right thoughts? What goes on inside your head determines what goes on in your life. So keeping your thinking straight is really important. In this five-part series, Keeping Your Thinking Straight, Rick Renner will teach you five steps to change your thinking. Thinking straight about religion. Thinking straight about prejudice in the church thinking straight about economic status and money. Available in digital and physical formats starting at just $10, you'll learn how to identify wrong thinking and start thinking healthy, powerful, and life-changing thoughts. In addition, we are also offering you Rick's book, How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. In this book, you'll discover what Christians need to be doing to stay out of the chaos and remain anchored to truth you'll also learn how to stay sensitive to the holy spirit to discern right and wrong teaching to be grounded in prayer and to be spiritually prepared for living in victory in these last days let rick take you deep into new testament prophecies about the end of the age and about what you need to do to sail successfully through turbulent end time waters this powerful and eye-opening book can be yours for just twenty dollars don't miss this special offer this series keeping your thinking straight and the book how to keep your head on straight in a world gone crazy call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order call or go online now
0: friends this is rick renner i want to give you a good report it is amazing but we just signed the papers to purchase our new building in Tulsa, a new headquarters for our ministry. We've been in the same location for years and years and years, and we've outgrown it. And because so many people are reaching out to us for more teaching and for prayer and for ministry, we need more space so we can effectively minister to them. And at the same time, we're constructing our studio in Moscow, where we're going to be filming the most wonderful Bible teaching programs that touch people all over the world. But the only reason we're able to do all of this at one time is because of people like you that are members of our giving team. And because of your gifts. We're able to do this in Tulsa. we're able to do this in Moscow, and my friends, I want to remind you that it's not about the buildings, no, 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 it's about people that need to be touched. We just need space so that we can minister to them. And I want to say thank you so much for being a part of the Giving Team and remaining a part of the Giving Team as we get the buildings ready and put up walls. And get ready to produce programming and to minister to people all over the face of the planet. And if you're not a partner and a member of our giving team yet, please become a part of our team today. My friend, I really believe what I'm teaching you in today's program. We need to understand that God is the one who gives good and perfect gifts. He is not the author of the evil that has come into our lives. He hasn't even remotely permitted it. And we need to identify wrong thinking and renew our minds to the truth that every good and perfect gift is from above. You need to get your thinking straight. And that's why I want you to order my brand new series called Keeping Your Thinking Straight, Biblical Guidelines for Thinking Straight in a World All Messed Up. And it comes with a study guide. And right now, we're also offering you my book called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy, Developing Discernment for These Last Days. But thank you for being with me today. And Father, help us to think right and to eliminate wrong thinking. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you tomorrow, but please remember Ecclesiastes 8.4 where the word of a king is, there's power.
1: Thank you for joining Rick Renner today. For more information about Rick Renner Ministries and product resources, visit renner.org and connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.